Welcome to the Bookcast, episode five, with... My name's Brandy. No, you gotta look up the, <laughs> the name of the Brandy. author. <laughs> Sass me. David Mitchell. Yeah. David Mitchell? Yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to say, today we're doing... Okay. But you're like, with... Who are you again? <laughs> today we're doing The Bone Clocks by David Mitchell. With Brandy. Yes. Um, this is a long one. Yeah. Was a, that was a seriously long book. So you just finished it. I finished it a while ago, so I've had some time for it to sit in my brain. And time has not been particularly kind to it. You know, sometimes we... Okay, in the last book, book cast, we were just saying... You can hardly remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we need, to, we need to do our book cast sooner, but sometimes you really just need to sit on a book um, before you know how you really felt about it. And your opinion of it may increase or decrease in that amount of time. But anyway... Um, no, you're, you're right. I think there's a sweet spot. Yeah. Of like a it week or two. Yeah, it probably isn't it wasn't like a month. the two months since I read Ancillary Justice. Yeah. Uh, well, so yeah, Bone Clocks, I know, it strikes me as, and I'm not the, the best judge of this, but it was well written. I agree. Um, the guy clearly knows how to write prose. However, his concept of pacing is the most insane thing I've ever come across in my life. <laughs> so it's broken into these like six acts, I guess. Yeah. And... Each one is on a different character. That was super confusing at first. Sort of. Well, yeah, when it switched characters the first time, you're like, what is happening? It's just, well, I mean, it's just from an entirely different point of view, but the same characters are usually still there. So you probably could. Right. <laughs> well, sort of. Well, anyway, each act, you know, crescendos into this climax, and then you switch characters. But, like, he drones on about the minutia of each character's life in the beginning so that you get to know who they are and what they're about and stuff like that. But, like, just that cycle from, like, minutia to action to minutia to action six times is super rough, especially especially the first one and especially the last one. Because yeah. the last one happens after the climax of the book, and then it just keeps going, and you're like, okay, that what's epilogue? going on? Was a nightmare. Well, okay, so... <laughs> it was... It's like, did you feel good about what happened at the end of the book? No. Well, tough shit, because now we're just going to ruin it all with this extra oh, chapter okay. of... I, I guess I was thinking the end of the book. I was thinking the end No, no, no. I'm book. talking about, like, the climax of the book, yeah. where, like, you know, the, the guys... <laughs> I don't know. The weird man magicians win against the other magicians that I don't care about. <laughs> But anyway, like... But Holly Sykes makes it out, and we... Yeah, and, like, her... Whoever had taken over her brother helps her out, and yeah. Marinus makes it out with, uh, what's-his-face? Hugo Lamb. Yeah, really, Hugo. Who really cares about Hugo Lamb? And honestly, the book's really long. You know, Hugo Lamb is the character from the second act, and then he doesn't come back until Act 5, and they start talking about, like, yeah, Hugo Lamb, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, not very important. And I'm like, who? He, well, when no, he, he wasn't. Back, he, he's not important. It's not like he started unimportant and then became important at the end. He was never important. He, I think he saved Holly somehow. He did, but, like, it's not crucial to the story. That's no, my biggest... Cons- it isn't crucial to the story. That's my biggest criticism of the entire book is that there, was a, there whole, is a 
ton of stuff that could lift right out. There was a whole chapter written about how this um, psychopath, uh, sociopath, that's the word, um, actually falls in love with Holly. Like a whole chapter oh, devoted, Hugo? yeah, devoted to Hugo, just so they can have the scene at the very end where he still loves her. Well, but what's and weird makes a small sacrifice. Well, but okay, so <laughs> clearly Hugo Lamb is a sociopath. However. He can't really love things. So it's really just like he really, really likes her. (laughs) Which is super nice, I guess. But it's just not... a horrible person. Right. I don't know. It's not like he was redeemed. He didn't actually sacrifice anything. Yeah. I mean, I guess he could have left and he let her leave instead. But it's not like... He wouldn't have survived. His character had no arc. He was just there. A lot of the characters had no arc and were just there. Even the only character I'd say had any sort of arc was the author. Because he started off like a total douchebag, and then as he aged, he gradually turned into a regular person. Yeah, Crispin Crispin Hershey. Hershey. Did he refer to himself as Crispin Hershey on several occasions? Yeah, especially in the beginning. He's like, Crispin Hershey wouldn't do that, blah, blah, blah. Yes. You know, because he thinks he's such a hotshot author. <laughs> I, honestly, like, in retrospect, he was one of the better characters of the book, but while I was reading it, it just got really incestuous, like an author writing about authors, and, like, how much of this is based on, like, his friends and people he hates? Like, it felt really down on the whole process of writing in general, and, like... So, it was very at the weird. end of his story... He gets shot by some crazy girl who has the, the crazy girl with the poems. The poems, but the poems are like part of the script. That doesn't come to anything. Like, well, okay, they also the script doesn't come to anything. No, you're right, it doesn't. Well, is that okay? So now that you're picking it apart, I'm liking it less. I actually liked it a lot. <laughs> so I would just like to go on record saying I actually really enjoyed reading this. I book. should let you go first. <laughs> no, it's okay. Can you write the script? And well, was like, the script, where did the like, script come from? Well, what I figured was the script was the premonitions of people like... Oh, Esther a little. Esther, who's super powerful, who wrote this stuff down. Yeah, but then there's a counterscript. Where did that come from? Well, okay, and the script and counterscript have differing stuff, maybe? Yeah. Why are they different accounts of events? I mean, like, it either... I think the point of the book is that whoever could see the future saw it correctly. Yeah. Esther did her plan and it worked. Yeah. Like the the little guy that was the guy that took over her brother, he did his plan and it worked. It was on purpose. And he knew even when he was a kid that that was going to be necessary because he gave her that necklace that was like the maze that he was going to get, which is retarded or whatever. 40 some years later. Yeah. Uh, If you're going to, if you have the ability to turn yourself into like a floor of a building. It's got to be an easier way to to deal with that issue, but I guess yeah, not. Yeah, I guess it's just, uh, shoot, I was going to make a point, and now I can't think of what it was. Sorry. I, that's all right. Um, hold on. Oh, oh it's small. Um, you know, it's too little. I'm pretty, I know she says it, and I'm not sure who she says it to, but I think it's to Holly. Mentions, um, talks about the epilogue and the blackout of 2037 or whatever it is. She says, there will be no power. You know, we will be 
thrust into this world. And I could swear she told Holly. When did she say that? Well, uh, is it know, in the beginning? No, it's it's it, back when they're all together when planning all the, together planning. the quote heist or whatever. Yeah. So when they're all planning that, she mentions this, you know, impending blackout. Yeah, if this person who has been telling the future forty years in advance mentioned a blackout around the world, I think I would be like. Get myself a little plot of land, like set up a bunch of chickens and get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. Long, like long before it came to um, the actual blackout. The straight up anarchy. Yeah. I mean, was, what I think would bother me the most about the last act was how realistic its depiction of a possible future was. Yeah. I was actually really Except impressed. there's no Marinus to come save your kids. Yeah. I was really upset that. That the epilogue starts, it opens with the oh yeah, her daughter and her husband died in a and weird what super the storm. hell is her name? How many freaking vowels can you put in a name? What were you calling a- her? Aoi. I was calling her Oifi. Aoifi. That's Oifi sounds more Norwegian. Maybe that's what it is. Oh, she's like Irish or something. But Oifi's. Um, oh, I thought the whole point Holly was Sykes that. daughter. Oh, oh, you're right. No, Laura the husband is was or 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 if he's yeah something else retarded. Ugh. Anyway, yeah, I, I hated that they opened the epilogue with her daughter being dead. So there's it was kind of there's a lot of downers, man. I yeah oh. the the last act was the most downery thing I've ever read almost. So I fully expected. They set me up to believe that we would meet Zelo slash Jacko again. No, he died in that first. No, well, he... or he turned himself into a maze. Okay, but I believed that we would meet him in the flesh again, and I was very disappointed. Yeah, I didn't like that. I also thought it was a little bit weird. Um, so, all of this. This in the like machinations of the entire book are to stop this like cult that kills four people a year. <laughs> like I get it, that's evil, but you guys didn't stop the impending blackout and like. There are a lot more people dying around the world than that. I mean, yes, they're killing four children. Like all these militiamen come and like take all everyone's. Right to survive and then, like, just murder people to get in their way. It's like, where the fuck were you guys then? Like, don't you feel like if you were... They pick their cause. They're like the people that really love animals and you're like, but what about starving children? It's like, well, how many things can I care about? (laughs) (laughs) But but Somebody's got to care about the starving. But at least that's not particularly self-serving. Theirs was. (laughs) It was like, we... I mean, granted, they're kind of the only people that can deal with it, but I... Just didn't really care. Yeah. I don't know. There's enough people killed along the way that you're just like, really? Couldn't you just find, like, four people? Just give it to them? I don't know, man. Like, it's just... Also, the entire premise of the book is based on, like... Uh, like, the weird super monk that inhabits that monastery now. Yeah. And, was he just a painting? Because I imagined something so much more grand before they started describing Well, he was the entire thing. His face was on the painting. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. I, I, I imagined a very 
ornate statue. I think he could have at least had a statue. Yeah, yeah. That was weird. I, I imagined a statue, and when they were describing this painting, I'm like, so back to the statue that I imagined before <laughs> I realized that no, it was just the painting. Oh, and they make a lot of, especially in Marinus's part, where you start to see more of the immortals. Mm-hmm. Um, about like when they recycle through, they see this like crazy ocean of souls and you stuff know, yeah, like, like that. Oh yeah, like the desert or the dunes or something. Yeah, and he even says like, "I ah, would just call it that. It doesn't look like that." I'm like, what does it look like? <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> You've described in painstaking detail everything else. No, I still like the book. Um, I actually read it pretty quickly for as long as it is. I would describe it as a hot mess. <laughs> it's got some it's got some really interesting stuff in it. It is well written, but it just I don't know. I feel like an editor would read this and be like, I don't know, man. Like how do you take this and turn that? I didn't read um Cloud Atlas, but I am told it has much the same structure where it's you bounce know. through time periods. Is that they turn that into a movie? Yeah, you turn it into yeah, a yeah, movie okay. with uh Tom Hanks and all okay. that. Okay. So uh, I guess no one was going to argue with them about structure at that point, but to me, that was particularly jarring. Yeah. I mean, especially coming off of uh, the Pandora Starbooks, which are... Oh, my God. They have that same arc from mundane detail to action, but they ramp up and never stop. Yeah. And, like, that's... Well, the action is serious. Yeah, when stuff happens, it's... Crazy! You haven't even gotten to the crazy shit yet. <laughs> so anyway, like, I don't know. It's just odd when uh, you just go through that cycle six times. Yeah. Well, so before we had this discussion, how many stars were you giving it? Um, I I'm still going to stick with three. Three three for okay. me is actually a pretty good rating. I'm I'm a little I'm a stickler with my stars. What's a what's a four star book to you? Um, you know, I originally. Put milk the milkweed trilogy. You wouldn't give that. Uh, And then, after sitting on it for some time, like we talked about just a minute ago, (laughs) it graduated to five stars. And I don't know if I have any four star books. Is there anything else that's ever been a five star? Oh, I think some of the Magicam books, or um, oh, they were five stars. No, no, four stars. Oh, but the um, King, the King Killer. Uh, Name uh, of the Wind. Name of the Wind. Um, it was four star. Okay, okay. I, I, you know, I actually, what else did I read? I think Ready Player One got four stars, just because it was a fun read. It was, um, yeah. I, I have a hard time giving it a five because it's so popcorn, but, like, it is perfect popcorn. Yeah. There's no part of that book that I didn't enjoy. So, yeah, I, I you know, I'm going the four stars. But, you know, it has to be, like, I can't have too many complaints, and I had too many, too many complaints. Yeah, I I would probably settle in at a three as well, but I it's just such a contentious three. Like they're I hate certain parts of it and I love other parts. It's just Yeah, man. It was rough. So what else have you been reading? I've been reading the Void trilogy. Oh. <laughs> well, I would start that again. So, what else have you been reading? I've been reading What to Expect When You... You were supposed to be reading. Start, 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 start. <laughs> we're going to do this really good. Do you want me to tell you what you're reading? No, I got it. Wait. <laughs> so, what else it. have you been reading? Well, I've actually been rereading the book. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I've been rereading The Expectant Father. 
Well, how funny is that? I have also been rereading a book, The Girlfriend's Guide to Pregnancy. Oh, do you have a girlfriend that's pregnant? (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm hoping to have mine finished by sometime in August, maybe August 15th. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. Very good. Maybe we'll have a special book cast on the 15th. I Hopefully we'll be very busy on the 15th. Yeah. Probably not, but... (laughs) Yeah, as that as those things go. You'd just be sitting there mad. <laughs> One week after the fifteenth, yeah, there we'll you go. be very busy. So if you guys haven't figured this out, we are having another baby. It's a boy. It is a boy. So yeah. There's your news. Alright. Well. Is that all? That's okay. it. Okay. See you guys next episode where we will talk about a book. <laughs>